The social change culture wants to influence children's attitudes and beliefs away from family values and Christ. But first, they have to diminish and eliminate the voice of the parent. So how do we respond to a culture that wants to destroy family? We strengthen the very institution that they're afraid of, the family. Welcome to the Monica Klein Show on the Edify Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Monica Leal Klein. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Um, Not sure what the fall weather is like all over the country, but for Texas, we actually got fall weather. It's kind of weird. Again, I'm in the central Texas area, and honestly, most of my memories are that we have a really long summer. It just goes on and on and on, which I love, Uh, but this week has been rainy and overcast. I actually kind of like the cool weather though. Um, I think today we're going to have a little bit of sunshine. I'm not sure, but it's been fun because for me, maybe not for my husband, but for me, that means I get to pull out my sweaters and scarves and scarves are totally an accessory that are really hard to use in the summertime in Texas because it is so hot. (laughs) So, uh, so as, as far as fashion goes, that's been fun because I got to, uh, dig up my fall clothing. So anyway, I'm sure that there's a lot of my other friends out there and other ladies out there who love putting on those scarves and boots. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Um, Of course, I'm really hoping that this winter, Texas does not have another winter storm. Now, I know my listeners from the North think it's kind of funny that we were in crisis last year, or actually it wasn't last year, it was like in February of this year when we had this winter storm. But I want to remind my Northern friends that we do not have the equipment to take care of ourselves during that time. It it doesn't make any sense for us to have that kind of equipment or preparations because we hardly ever rarely get snow. And if we do, it's like half an inch and it's melted by 10 (laughs) a.m. So uh, we, we did spend, my husband and I did spend two weeks on our farm with no electricity. Uh, and because, and I say farm because meaning it, it we don't have electricity, we don't, we don't have running water, we don't have all kinds of things. And we couldn't leave our property because we have dogs. Uh, and so we really couldn't go stay at someone else's house who might have had electricity because we had these two dirty dogs that we'd have to bring with us. So, so we just cozied up like a nice little family (laughs) and and stayed warm at home. So I'm hoping that's not going to happen again, but I tell you what, majority of us Texans have bought generators. (laughs) So we are so prepared to not let that happen to us again. Uh, So, but I am really hoping that that doesn't happen because although I'm giggling about it a little bit, there were actually a lot of families who, uh, endured a lot of tragedy because of that, uh, because of the winter storm. So, uh, really praying that we have good weather this, uh, fall and winter and that it doesn't become dangerous and that we can just enjoy the cooler weather. Um, anyway, so guys, there's a lot of exciting news that are, that's happening around the country and especially in Virginia. So, um, we have all been celebrating because our families in Virginia, uh, went out and voted in masses. And why is that important? Because they won. They won and they ensured that the people who were mandating things in their schools and interfering with their children are no longer in office. 
That is just amazing. So we have heard for months now what's been happening in Loudoun County um, from the mask mandates and vaccines and um, sexualization of children, CRT. I mean, it has been insane. And the truth is, guys, is that what's happened in Loudoun County is happening all over our nation. It's happening in, in Texas. It's happening very specifically close to home for me. I, I see it a lot with Leander ISD, uh, Austin ISD, for sure it, it's there. But the difference with Austin ISD is that there are so many parents who are actually for the sexualization of their children that um, although it's been incredibly controversial, there hasn't been a lot of um, infighting among parents, uh, which, which is kind of sad to be honest, because so many parents have actually adopted the sexualization of their children. So that that's really odd to me. Um, but in Leander ISD, we're seeing parents who are just like, absolutely not. We're not standing for this. And they've been fighting hard. I would say that they've been fighting as hard as the Loudon parents have been fighting. And they've been met with a lot of disdain. They have been harassed. We have had families um, talk about having um, that people have placed dead animals at their porches. Um, we apparently there's a Wicca group in the Leander area. And so I think, I don't know if this is part of what they do. Um, they've received hate mail, inappropriate mail, like really, really dark, yucky, gross things. We've even had families who've had to move away. Um, not just because of the education, but because of the harassment that they're receiving from other families who do accept the sexualization of children or who do accept the racism that's being taught in dividing the children and telling children of color that they will forever be oppressed and telling, telling white children that they will forever be oppressors. That it's just part of who they are. They're just hateful people. Um, and so it, it has just been, again, it's what you've seen possibly in your state. It's what they saw in Loudoun County. But what was amazing, guys, if you were following this, is that the uh, Governor McAuliffe, the, the previous governor, I mean, he actually campaigned saying, no, parents shouldn't be telling teachers what to do. Parents don't have any input in the schools and what are what they're teaching at the schools. I mean, he actually campaigned on that. Um, it was bizarre to me to think that this man would boldly stand and say, no, parents have no rights here. They, they, they have, they have no say in their children's education. I'm like, how could that guy be so dense? Like, how did he not realize that that was a bad thing to say at the same time, spiritually, I kind of see like, you know what he revealed himself. I mean, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he said what he said, because even though the parents were going to get him out anyway, it solidified their stance and the voter turnout in Virginia was amazing amazing um of course we have our the new the new governor of virginia uh yunkin who you know very much stood for family um and was backed by family and which was just amazing and i think that that what the takeaway for me on that is obviously family is powerful and i've been saying that through my organization just my experiences and why i even left plant the the whole sex ed industry and the abortion industry is planned parenthood telling me that parents are a barrier to service uh that it was a consistent message that they said to me over and over again and this was in a time when i was training them on clients uh centered counseling skills and i was in workshops and conferences with them training them and these clinicians nurses all staff of all levels 
would all agree that they had been groomed by the leaders of Planned Parenthood. They all agreed that parents were a barrier to service. And we're seeing that across the nation. Parents are a barrier in the health care of their children, uh, whether it's a trans bill or now the vaccines. Parents are a barrier. Parents are a barrier. Parents are a barrier in education. Uh, this is what the governor, the former governor of Virginia ran on, that parents are a barrier to the education of their children. So no, they should not be involved. It the the realization though is is that when when I realized when Planned Parenthood was teaching me this and and I finally quit and I realized okay when they say parents are the barrier what they're really saying is that parents are powerful and this is why I started it takes a family parents are powerful family is powerful the fact that I left the sex ed and abortion industry was not because of data that I saw. It was because family became important to me because I had my own son. And when I, that really started to change me and it made me realize what was really happening in our communities and that children were being harmed by the sex education and by abortion, that families were being harmed, that really families were being destroyed by abortion. And, and so when we hear these people saying that parents are a barrier, what they're really saying is that parents are powerful we, and they're, they're an obstacle to our agenda. And so right now, government-run schools, although there are good teachers in those schools, and I know many of them, the institution of government-run schools is now dangerous. And my prayer goes out to those teachers who are good teachers, who don't want to interfere with family, who uh, don't believe that parents are a barrier to service. They don't believe parents are a barrier to education. If anything, they want parents to be involved in their children's education more than they have been. And I think that's one of the, you know, that this is a good point to just to even talk about a little bit more is that in many ways, and I was one of them, we trust the government-run schools in the past. We were really trusting the government-run schools, and we really did just hand our kids over. And and we didn't think too much about it sometimes. They were like, you know, we trust them. They're going to educate them. They're reading. They're writing. The things are good. Things are fine. And, and teachers, I remember teachers, you know, especially me because I was a very involved parent. I was at the school a lot. And they would say, you know, we wish more parents were involved. We want parents to come into the school uh, to know what's happening, to work with their teacher, their, their kid's teacher. And I did do that. I probably could have done a better job of that, to be quite honest. Um, so there are a lot of good teachers who want that. They, they acknowledge and know that a student will succeed when their parents are taking an active role in their children's education. Um, but we took a step back on that for many years, and now we're not. Uh, and so something that hasn't changed is that the natural instinct for a parent is to protect their child. And when they begin to see that there is something that is, that is harming their children, they end this passive stance that they may have had or a comfortable position that they had been in and they start defending their child and start protecting their child. And that's what we're seeing. So where Loudoun County um, or the National, you know, uh, was it National School Board Association sent that letter to Merritt Garland and Merritt Garland was in agreement that parents were domestic terrorists. What they're saying is that parents are powerful. Uh, what they're re responding to is a natural response of parents to protect their children. And I don't want you to stop doing that. 
and it's biblical. It's called righteous anger. I see you doing something that's wrong and I'm going to make, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to make sure that it stops. And this is my child. This is my family. And you don't have the right to treat my child this way or to groom my child this way or to, uh, you know, or to deny my values that I've taught my child and, and to try to teach my children different values, um, separate from our family. And so it's, it's amazing. It's to say it's a natural thing. And this is what I tell parents all the time is that, Children love their parents. Children want the acceptance of their parents. Children want the admiration of their parents. Um, There is no one in this world that your children want more acceptance and love from than you, mom and dad. Um, And so the fact that we're seeing all these parents across the nation and especially in Virginia taking a leadership role with their children, taking a leadership role in school boards and at the voting booth, we see success. And I, I am so, I'm so happy to see that because I have been speaking out about comprehensive sex education. I have been talking about this, not just that, that, to be honest, my main focus with it takes a family is I want parents to reclaim parenthood. I want them to feel that, that strength that they have inside of them to protect their own children. Um, that is something that my mom and dad modeled to me, which is why I'm so passionate about it is that they were very committed parents. My mom always said, you know, that she wanted to raise us in such a way that when we went out in public, no one else was going to try to raise me. No one else was going to try to correct my behavior because that was her job, not someone else's job. And so she took very, you know, was very careful. My dad was very careful about, uh, teaching us how to be polite, teaching us how to fend for ourselves, teaching us how to, um, you know, just be in social situations, uh, what was appropriate, how to be, you know, just, just all kinds of things. She just raised us in a way that we were very respectful children. And we, uh, we understood self-control. We knew how to control ourselves in public. Uh, we weren't all over the place, you know, just, so that was her thing is that I'm not only does she protect us, but she has instilled her values in us in such a way that when we went out in public, no one was going to raise her children because she had already raised them. And I love that about my mom. And that's almost like a direct quote of that, of her. It, honestly, if, if you were to hear my mom, it would be in Spanish. Um, but she would basically say something like, um, no, my children are going to be, you know, are going to behave in public because no one else is going to raise my kids. I raise my kids, you know? So in other words, it was a back off because I got it. Well, that's what we want. We want parents to reclaim that parenthood and take a lead in their children's lives. Uh, we want to see parents lead in the community. And this is what we saw in Loudoun County and, or really what we saw in Virginia is that parents took a lead. They said a one I'm, I'm setting a boundary and you're not allowed to, to teach my children these things, uh, for the father, um, horrible story of the father who, um, had to fight the school because they were trying to cover up the rape of his daughter because of some terrible policies that that had, that they had implemented. And he fought hard to protect her. And because of his natural instinct to do the right thing and protecting his daughter, he was able to, um, you know, get the, the evidence that he needed to convict that young, young biological male that raped his daughter and another young girl because he did the right thing, but the school was trying to cover it up. 
Um, you can you can read more about that on the on um, I think the Daily Wire. I mean, you can just Google it. What happened? Uh, and then and, and that's really what instigated this letter in calling parents domestic terrorists because this father went back to the school, went to the school board, confronted them about their trans policy that allowed this boy to be in a girl's restroom in the first place. He confronted them about the fact that they were trying to hide the rape. He confronted them about the fact that, I mean, all of that, all of it, he just confronted them about all of it, which was exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, in all honesty, I think he probably handled it a lot better than I would have. He just did an amazing job. And the way the school responded was to arrest him. And then to send that letter to Merrick Garland calling, calling for him to call these parents domestic terrorists. And then he agreed to do it because he's part of the Biden administration, uh, which means that they're socialists. There are socialists. It's not about about labeling. It's their belief system. So I'm, when I call the Biden administration a socialist party, the Democrat Socialist Party, they've labeled themselves that. Um, they're acknowledging that that's what they are. And that's what they're acting like. They're, they're, they're doing and implementing their actions speak to exactly what they've called themselves. So if anyone's listening and saying, oh, I can't believe you're labeling them, which I doubt any of y'all are thinking that, um, it, it's, it's not really just a label. It's their action. It's who they are. It's what they're, it's what they're doing. And it's how, and socialists do not believe that there's anything private. You don't have private property. You don't have private choice. You don't have private business and you don't have private families because the state raises your child. Um, and so these are the things that we need to be thinking about as we're leading our children, because one of the most, so, so what happened in Virginia is that we have a majority of Republicans in the house now in Virginia, which is amazing. So, um, we have not, not only a, a governor who's a Republican, the Lieutenant governor as well. I mean, and uh, I believe even the attorney general, they're all Republican now and they have a majority in their house. So now because the parents came out, they reclaimed parenthood, they reclaimed the power that they have to vote. They got the proper leaders in there and now things can change for them. But we can do this all over the nation. And just because we have this win doesn't mean we stop. We need to keep going because the Socialist Party will not stop. Now, the thing that I really want parents to, to zone, um, really focus in on is that yes, you need to run for school board. Yes. You need to run for state representative. We need to represent in our government positions and our elected positions. We have to do that. In addition to that, we need to focus on education because here is the truth. If we are creating all these policies and protections today and we're successful, we're all going to celebrate and we should. But if our children continue to be groomed and indoctrinated in the schools, through media, through literature, social media, through the use of technology, then it's just a matter of generations that our children will undo everything we have implemented to protect them. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're, the goal here is, yes, they want to implement, that the socialists want to implement and control all that we do. And we are fighting hard to ensure that that doesn't happen. And we're beginning to succeed. We're catching up as well, but we're succeeding. But if we don't, as parents, take charge of our children's education, 
and teach them our values, not just by modeling. Now I know modeling is so important, but guys, we have to verbally teach it to our children and not just once every day. We have to be consistent every day. Now you might get some eye rolls. You might even get some disagreement by some of your older kids because they've already been being taught. They've been taught other things in the schools or through social media. They get majority of their news. Majority of their news is, is, uh, they're reading it on social media. Okay. And majority of that is going to be very liberal, very socialist. So you're going to have to combat some of that, but you need to reclaim parenthood. You need to reclaim your children and you have to be consistent about it. So as you're fighting in the community and you're sex successfully implementing new laws or getting rid of laws that are hurtful and ensuring par parental rights, we need to also be leading at home with our children. We need to make sure that we're teaching them our values, freedom values, liberty values, the constitution. We need to be teaching them our biblical values. So do not forget that. Now, I, I'm also have taken the position that at this time, our children need to be rescued from the government run schools. Government run schools are not for you and they're not for your children anymore. They're about molding your child to become a future socialist. And so, and not just that, they, because they know that the only way they can accomplish this is to destroy family. That's why they have sex education. This is why they have abortion because they want to teach your child to objectify one another, to no longer be, to, to no longer, um, have intimacy and to seek out that intimacy in a marriage. But instead they want them to become more objectified, divided, harden their hearts towards one another through just, uh, recreational sex. This is why that is still so important. And, uh, and that'll lead me into my next story as well. But th this is very important that your children get a grasp of this and they need to receive it from you. And if you're kind of feeling like, okay, well, where do I get that information? Well, follow me, follow me on it takes a family, go to it takes a family.org, follow this podcast, share this podcast with other people. I bring in people for interviews all the time as well. Uh, in the new year, I'm rolling out a bunch of educational videos. that will be really helpful. Send me your requests. Like what are some questions that you have? Uh, there's two books that I really recommend that people should really, uh, parents should really read and, and really implement, uh, in their, in their, in their family. And one of them is called the mama bear apologetics. It really gives you a great overview of some of the arguments out in the culture and how to combat those. Um, also mama bear apologetics came out with a guide to sexuality, which I provided an endorsement for. I really like this book. And so definitely grab that book as well. I think very helpful. Uh, and then again, just, just sign up for my newsletter on it because that way, as soon as those educational videos are starting to come out, you will be one of the first people to know that. And you can start accessing those videos. And, and believe me, the videos are going to be short because I know we're busy people. Um, and you don't want to watch really long videos. So I totally get that. They're going to be short. Uh, and I'm going to speed this up here as well. Cause I want you guys to get all the information. Um, so, so sign up for my newsletter on it takes a family.org and, uh, it's at the bottom of the page. You'll see that it's a button that says sign up for newsletter. Pretty easy. <laughs> so do that. Uh, but, but anyway, we're, let's just revel in this awesome, um, just celebration with Virginia 
I am in agreement with them when they say let's hashtag lewdnize the nation. Uh, I'm sorry, loudnize the nation. I should not have said lewd. My husband told me you quit saying that. So I'm very sorry about that. Loudnize. <laughs> it's Loudoun County. So anyway, uh, let's make sure that we do this across the nation and don't do it by yourself, guys. You need to come together with other like-minded parents to do this together because as you have seen, there are many attacks and you can't do this on your own. Make sure your church is involved. Make sure you're praying about this as well because it's a, it's a big job. It's a big battle, um, but we can do this together. We can definitely do this together. And with the Lord, I have spent a lot more time in scripture and in prayer, getting his guidance uh, to ensure that we're doing well. Guys, I also wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, there's an actor named Dax, um, you know, do not call me ignorant here. Uh, I don't actually memorize the names of actors. It, it doesn't really matter to me. That I know that sounds awful. I know they're humans and so they're valuable. And so I should care about their names, but, uh, but I don't. <laughs> so I kind of don't. Anyway, I just know that this actor's name, and I think he's pretty famous, named Dax. And he recently came out on this podcast or his own podcast where he basically said he was not going to protect the virginity of his, of his girls. They're six and seven, I believe. And, uh, and really he was praising his wife for having this, what he called an ingenious, um, explanation on consent, which is, and I won't say it exactly the way they did. Um, but if you have kids around, please don't play this around them. Um, but basically they, they saw consent as, um, when uh, their girls decide to have sex, that if they get the man's member and put it inside of them, then that's consent. And he thought that that was really ingenious because it was like, oh, she's in control because she actually has to take his member and put it inside of her. Um, I'm not here to um, demonize this couple at all. Um, I listened to a, a lot of the podcasts that he had with Gwyneth Paltrow and, and his partner on the podcast. And he said quite a few things about sex. And one of the first things that he mentioned is that he loved sex, that he had always enjoyed sex, um, which is not a problem to enjoy sex. Sex is a positive thing, but he basically said, you know, that he, he liked it so much. He had it often. Um, he sought it out, you know, he, he liked having sex and, uh, and so he, and he's talking about this outside of marriage, you know, when he's married now, but, um, you know, he, he talked about that and he, and he basically said, and he, what he wanted for his daughters was the same thing that he did is that if I felt like having it, he used other words than that. But he said, if I felt like having it, I just went out and, ha and got some, I just did it. That is what we call, um, and this is why I don't want to demonize him. Um, do I agree with him? Absolutely not. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that this man, um, I don't know how he was raised, but he obviously has a view of sex as an object. Okay. So he, he practices secular humanism. He practices moral relativism, uh, which is to that anything goes as long as it feels right to you. If it doesn't feel right to you, then you stop. So that it means that you really don't have any convictions. There are no morals. Um, although I think that they probably do, they just don't usually admit it. But when his view of sex is that, that as long as you feel like doing it, just do it and don't feel ashamed. Uh, one other thing that he did mention is he didn't want his daughters to want to get their value from the fact that they are sexually active. 
um, which I'm in agreement with as well, uh, that part of it. Uh, of course, my stance is that I believe we should teach our children to respect their bodies, to understand that sex is something that is incredibly valuable and should be and can be enjoyed the most, uh, not only safely, but also it is the most um, pleasurable when in a committed marriage. It's not something that you just play like a game outside of marriage. Um, it is something that is a gift that is to be protected um, and sought after within a committed marriage. That's, that's my belief system. His belief system was if you feel like it, if you feel, and this is the word he used horny, then go do it. Just go, just go. And, and that's, and he's like, and that's what I did. And that's what I want my daughters to do. Just go do it. Just because you feel it, just go do it. And if you feel horny, just go have sex. Is that, that's what he said. So, so we have to see this in the context of this man that he sees sex as an object. Um, he, it, it's a lot like Pavlov's dog. The dog knew that if he got a certain kind of stimulus and he pushed this little paddle, he would get a cookie, he would get a treat. Uh, and that's how this man is really, uh, and I'm not trying to insult him, but this is how this man is treating sex and how he's, tr how he's teaching it to his daughters is if you feel this sensation, if there's this stimulus and you want to look forward to having a, an even better stimulus, then do this action and you'll receive that stimulus. Um, and so that's, again, I'm not trying to demean him. This is his belief system. And that belief system is devaluing of our dignity and it devalues him. It devalues the person he has sex with. It devalues his daughters when he teaches them that this is all it is, that sex is just about pushing a button and getting a certain, and of course I'm oversimplifying it there, but you know, that it's do this action and you get some pleasure and then you're done with it. Um, very unhealthy. It also means that they're going to be at risk for disease and for unplanned pregnancy. Um, so regardless of what precautions, when I say precautions, talking about risk reduction, whether it's condoms or birth control, uh, it doesn't matter what you implement. All it does is reduce the risk. It doesn't eliminate it. So if anyone decides to become sexually active outside of marriage, there are, there are many things that they have to accept responsibility for. Um, you are going to emotionally become attached with that person. It's just a natural thing. It happens in your brain. Um, so there's going to be a lot of emotional risks involved in having sex outside of marriage. And when you treat sex like a recreational activity, so you're going to have a lot of emotional risks. Number two, you need to take responsibility that you're probably going to get a disease or pass a disease to someone else. Because again, that's just part of recreational sex. So accept responsibility. Do not be surprised. Um, that you're, that you might get a disease. If you choose that path, it means this is why, uh, sex education always tells children to, uh, you know, that they don't have to talk to their parents about it, that they can, they'll teach them how to navigate the healthcare system so they can get tested and treated for diseases. Um, they also don't want parents involved in their ability to go get a pregnancy test and to get an abortion. And that's the other responsibility that they need to accept, that if, if someone chooses to have sex outside of marriage, then you accept responsibility of conceiving a child because it's very likely that you will. Sex not only is for intimacy uh, within the marriage to bond a husband and a wife together so that when they have their children, which is a natural beautiful, um, outcome of being intimate with one another, um, is that you're going to have a child. And then that those, that couple raises that child together. 
So if anyone decides to become sexually active outside of marriage, um, instead of, instead of, um, treating sex in a, in a dignified way, but they choose to do more of a recreational sex, there are still responsibilities that they have to accept. And this is one of the things that I told my son, the expectation is that you are to wait until you're married and, and here are all the reasons, but there are people who choose to have sex outside of marriage and they are treating it like a recreational activity. Activity. But it does not, um, don't be surprised if you become emotionally entangled. Don't be surprised if you get a disease and don't be surprised that you conceive a child because that is a natural outcome of having sex. Um, which means there, although you may not have wanted to conceive a child, the, the act, the just simply, um, deciding to have sex with someone means that you're going, that you are accepting that possibility. So it's not a surprise. And abortion should not be an option. And so what we're seeing with this particular family, again, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to be liberal about this either. All I'm saying is that he is speaking what he knows. He doesn't understand that sex is valuable. He doesn't understand that sex is about intimacy. He doesn't understand and maybe has never been taught that sex is not about self-gratification, but about serving your husband or your wife in a marriage. It's about how you are giving to that person and how special that is and that there's bonding there. He treated it from a very young age, possibly even because of pornography, as simply a way to self-gratify which again is very selfish. It's not about loving another person. It's about just getting what you want, which is what he's teaching his young girls. Um, and so this is why it's important to know, you're probably wondering, Monica, why are you deconstructing this? It's important to know this because as parents, because my, my listeners are all kinds of people. Some of them are Christians. Some of them are not different religions, you know, but I want I want you to understand the different world views because as a parent, you need to start thinking, what is my view on sex? Even if I'm a Christian, have I accepted this worldview that recreational sex is okay, that it's just going to happen um, as long as it's kind of loving and respectful? It, those are the kind of things that you need to be thinking about. Uh, and especially if you're a Christian, going to God's word because there is not a, you cannot say that sexual intimacy or having sex with someone outside of marriage is the same as having sex within a marriage. It's not as loving. What's loving is when someone chooses to commit to you in marriage to then be able to fulfill that beautiful intimacy with that person, not to take it before they have a right to it. Um, and so and we can discuss this on, a, on another podcast. And these are the kind of things that I'll be really talking about in the videos in the new year as well is understanding what is that sexual intimacy? What is that gift? What are, what are the various worldviews? And do I, have I accepted a little bit of all these different worldviews or am I teaching my children according to a biblical worldview? Very important things. Um, but I don't want to leave you with just that. I did have... Uh, let's see if I can find this one really quick on my screen. I also wanted to remind you, um, especially in talking about this actor and how he's um, teaching his young girls and the importance of fatherhood. And I talk about fatherhood quite a bit because although mothers are powerful, 
fathers are powerful and essential uh, to the family. And to me, they're also that protective cover. So as we're talking about the win in Virginia, uh, you know, I think the last straw for many people was to see a young girl being raped by this boy who identified as a girl and just the complications and the darkness of all of that. And then to see this father who was fighting for his daughter uh, and then he was arrested and labeled as a hater, um, all because he was doing what a father is supposed to do. And then it makes me think about this actor, Dax, and how he has really just become this passive man that's all about seeking self-gratification through sex. And that's all he's teaching his daughter. He's not actually, or daughters, he's not actually protecting them. Um, and, and, and really also just kind of agreeing with his wife about this weird, um, kind of view of, of consent. Uh, by the way, you know, what about the boy? I mean, what if he didn't want this girl to take his member and do that? You know, where's his consent? Well, anyway, that that's again, another, another time we can go into that, but I do want to read Proverbs four, four one through nine here. O sons, a father's instruction and be attentive that you may gain insight for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. And in Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. You know, this first one in Proverbs 4, 1 through 9, what stood out to me is that I was thinking about that actor. I was thinking about that father in, in Loudoun. Um, and I was, I was just thinking about a father in general and how, um, they're, they're such a protective force for the family. If they are not passive, if they are really taking on their role as father and husband. And what I love and what so many people love is seeing that photo or just that image of a father holding a tiny baby, just that strength of holding something so delicate. And, and even in scripture, uh, you hear him saying, uh, when I was a son with my father, tender. Uh, so even scripture acknowledges that children are tender, whether it's a little boy or a little girl, they're tender. Uh, and that our father in heaven, who has given his name father to a father, an earthly father. I mean, that's a big deal, you know, uh, that our husbands are basically, you know, God tells us they're the spiritual leader of our households. Um, he is to give his life to his wife as Jesus gave his life to the church. Um, and then he says, and you're a father, like I'm a father. Now our husbands are not God. We already know that they know that, but he has the name of one of the names of, of God, which is father. Uh, and that's powerful. That is a powerful role. So I really want dads, husbands, men out there to really uh, embrace that, embrace the fact that you are that your masculinity, that you are made to be a protector, that you are able to be tender with, with those who need to be tender, especially your children, and that we need you and our children, your, your children need you. Um, and, and this last proverb about not sparing the rod, it's not so much about I me. Mean, people always get this imagery about you know, uh, beating someone with something, uh, which is not it at all, but it's basically saying that we are to guide our children. We need to discipline them and we need to be observing their behavior and correcting them where they need to be corrected. That's the diligent work of a parent. And that is the discipline that we need to be teaching them. 
Um, and so that's the role of a mother and a father. And it's important that we're doing that. So again, this goes back to what I said before, continue to run for school board, continue to run for an elected position. Let's take back control of our nation and ensure the liberty that we have in this nation. And it's the health of the family that ensures healthy communities in a healthy nation. We need that, but we can't have healthy families if you're not also leading at home. So you need to do that hard work of digging. If you're a Christian, you need to be digging into the scripture um, you need to be part of a church. You need to be uh, held accountable with people that you trust uh, and be in prayer that you are that mother and father that your children need. Because yes, our children need to see us leading in the community, but they need us to desperately lead at home. That is the first government. That is the first place that you mothers and fathers need to be governing in and teaching in. And it is in your home. We be like my mom. No one else is going to raise my kids, but me. <laughs> so that's what I want to leave you with. <laughs> it's my mom's quote. So anyway, I care about you guys so much and please feel free to email me. If you have questions or if there's topics that you want me to cover, um, you can email me at M O N I C A at it takes a family.org until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Monica Klein show. If you are a company or small business who would like to advertise on the podcast, please contact me at hello at monicaklein.com. And to learn more about my nonprofit, please visit us at ittakesafamily.org. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, head over to edify.app and search for the Edify app in the Apple and Google Play stores.